Welcome to the Rich, Fulfilling Life Show with your host, Saad Nadim. Saad is a fiduciary and licensed financial life advisor who specializes solely in internationally trained physicians like yourself and helps you build a tax-efficient retirement plan, a children's education plan, and an estate plan in four weeks without selling you any investments or insurance. RFL Wealth Management has grown successfully because of internationally trained physicians like you that have come to Canada later in life and are looking to retire comfortably with sound, tax-efficient advice and enjoy a rich, fulfilling life. And now, your host, Saad Nadim. Welcome to another episode of your Rich Fulfilling Life show. I'm your host, Saad Nadim. I'm so happy you're here with me because today, we're finally going to be talking about the interest rates, inflation, the recession happening, uh, a rich session is the, is the new word for this uh, recession this time around. So I'm going to be explaining uh, quite a bit about what all of this has to do with uh, you as an internationally trained physician. So firstly, we're going to get right into it, talk about what is a rich session rather than a recession. We're going to talk about interest rates that finally hit a point uh, where it's hurting high net worth people. And uh, when will it end? Right. So we probably want some guidance of when we think this will end and, uh, you know, when the interest rates will start going down and, you know, life can get back to a bit normal, <laughs> I guess. And finally, I'm also going to be talking about some key things to remember as an internationally trained physician going through this period. So the first thing is rich session is finally uh, happening and I'll give you a little timeline of how we've got here. So as you may remember last year, about January of 2022, uh, interest rates uh, started increasing for a bit and then they stayed put for about uh, four, five months until uh, this June, then, um, you know, they may raise again in the month of July. So the first set of hikes that happened from last year, when interest rates went down pretty much from nothing to you know, two, three, four percent. Uh, it didn't really affect too many high net worth uh, people. Obviously, lower income families did get uh, hit quite a bit at the grocery store and at the gas prices. But overall, most people were able to cope with that uh, interest rate increase. Pretty much happened like every month, uh, essentially, uh, last uh, last year. Now, during this time when interest rates were increasing, got zero calls got zero calls from any of the clients of what's happening with the interest rates, why they're increasing so much, because for the most part, at least our internationally trained physicians were doing okay. Around Feb of this year in 2023, interest rates started to remain steady. Bank of Canada came and said, we're not going to be increasing anymore. Inflation has seemed to curb, meaning it's not increasing anymore. It's actually starting to show signs that it's going down, uh, which is a good sign. So when the interest rates became steady, uh, again, no calls, you know, for the most part, like we knew this was coming. Interest rates can't just be at like 1% for the rest of our life. So we, everybody, I think, kind of expected it. So uh, again, uh, no calls and no questions, concerns from anyone. But this latest interest rate increase that happened in the month of June finally starting to get some calls like, hey, What's going on? I thought uh, this whole inflation thing was under control. Why is this happening? Why are they still increasing the interest rates? Because now mortgage rates have creeped up to 6 7%. Rental income has stayed about the same because you're obviously by law, you can't increase interest, uh, your rent on your tenants by too much. 
but uh, you, if you were in variable mortgages, you've seen your mortgage amount probably increase by 40 to 50%, while rent may have only increased by 2 to 3%. So a lot of people are now, at least a lot of our internationally trained physicians who have rental properties as a part of their plan, who chose to go with variable mortgages at the time, and now seeing that cash crunch, or they might even be in negative cash flow uh, on a month-to-month basis that they have to obviously sustain. So that's where these rates have creeped up to, and it, it may again raise in July, but I'll talk about that a bit later. But this is what they mean by the word rich session, which is that the the people that are being impacted the most this time around are actually high net worth individuals, people with actually assets, people who actually use leverage uh, to grow their net worth. Because again, unemployment is not increasing as much. Uh, um, actually, the U.S. just showed pretty much pre-pandemic level on unemployment rate. Canada's in the same boat. So unemployment is not increasing, which is usually what people know about recession. Well, a recession happens, people lose their jobs, and, you know, economy goes down the drain. But this time around, people are not losing their jobs. Obviously, you know, you've heard some tech people losing their jobs and stuff like that, but for the most part, people are keeping their jobs, or if, even if they were to lose their jobs, it's pretty easy for them to f- find out another employment somewhere. So the people that are being affected the most by this recession is people with assets, with cash flows because with variable lines of credits and home equity lines of credits and unsecured lines of credits or loans, you know, the interest rate has creeped up quite a bit. So when will this end? Well, no one knows for sure when this will end. Anybody who says for sure, they're obviously lying uh, because not even the Federal Bank of Canada knows when the interest rates will actually start going down. And the biggest reason for that is because raising interest rates is an is a laggard economic factor, which means that they can't just raise interest rates today and see the effects of it tomorrow. What essentially happens is they'll raise the interest rates today and then look at the data a month or two months from now to see what that impact of that interest rate was actually was. This is why uh, even the feds don't know. So, you know, they raise it in June. They're going to see the data that happened by the end of the June, and they may raise rates again in, here in July. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they do, because although the inf- overall inflation number was a bit down, but if you take out a key, some key variables, the inflation is still pretty high. So I'll talk about that in a second, which is like if you looked at the inflation data for the month of June, uh, the inflation was at 3.4% for the month of May because you know they just checked the data for May and then they increased the rate in June. But you might be wondering, well, Inflation is at 3.4%, Saad. Um, you know, so why, why are they increasing it a bit more? Wasn't inflation at like 6, 7, 8, 9% at one point? And if it's come down to 3.4, that's a good sign. They should stop uh, raising these rates. Um, that is true. However, the inflation data obviously looks at like, you know, the overall basket of goods. And a huge factor for the reason the inflation was down to 3.4% is because gas prices have come down quite a lot by 18% actually. So if you, if they actually took out the gas prices from the equation, inflation was actually still sitting at about 4, 4.4%. And the long-term inflation rate for any first world economy to grow at a steady rate, they need inflation to be at about 2 to 3%. Uh, so 4.4 is still quite a bit. So they're thinking that if they re-raise it uh, one more time or two more times, it might finally push it down to that 2 to 3% level, and that's where they'll be happy. 
So uh, that's the major and only factor in terms of these interest rates. So, you know, uh, that's a key number to we just want to look at. What was the inflation rate and what was it, I guess, without these volatile gas prices? But here's a few things to remember, right? The, the few things to remember here is that interest rates staying this high is not a long-term solution. Keeping interest rates this high is actually bad for the economy, right? So, um, you know, when interest rates are this high, businesses don't want to borrow to expand their businesses uh, to do try new things to, you know, get more profits and re revenues. They, they don't want to borrow at these rates. It's too risky. Uh, people don't want to buy cars at these prices. Been getting a lot of uh, conversations over the last two to four weeks where they need a new car, but they're like, man, it's not worth it. I think I'll just, you know, stick it out for about six months, 12 months, and maybe next summer, the beginning of the summer is when maybe I'll buy a new car because interest rates hopefully by then will be quite low. So you can finally see the effects of these interest rates finally affecting people's decisions to actually make major purchases. Uh, so, you know, business expansion is one. People don't want to buy cars these days at these high interest rates. And home prices are not increasing as much because of these high interest rates. So if rates stay this high over a long term, we will actually be in a recession rather than a rich session because interest rates staying that high is bad for the economy. They, uh, so this is not to say that, you know, interest rates will come back down to the 1% and the 2%. I don't think we're going back there for a long, long time. Uh, but if they could even come back to about 3 to 4%, because that's where the long-term interest rates needs to be. Inflation is going to be around 2 to 3%. Interest rates going to be around 3 to 4%. And if you can get back to 3s and 4s, I think many, many people would still would be okay dealing with that new situation um, and, and mentally be prepared. Well, at least we're not paying that 6 7 8% that we have to pay right now. And 3s and 4s and all of a sudden look a lot better. Now, you know, so if you have uh, rental properties with variable mortgages, what should you do? That's a question I'm getting uh, a lot these days. Real estate is a huge part of a lot of our clients' rich, fulfilling life plans. Uh, so we, we do have to take this into consideration. Uh, so I think at this point, just hanging in there is probably the best option. Doing nothing is probably a good option at this point. There's no point on if your existing mortgage is coming up for renewal and trying to lock it in for a five-year fixed. Uh, five-year fixed, I was just looking around, is around like six and a half, seven percent. I think that's probably too much to bear for too long because I really don't think interest rates will stay that for like five years. Uh, probably sometime around next year, the interest rates should start curbing down and bringing back the economy back into equilibrium. Um, so, you know, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, I don't think locking that in for a long time, just taking that variable, whatever that rate may be, is probably a better option. And um, so, yeah, so I, essentially, I guess what I want to say is that there's no need to panic at this point. There's no need to panic. You know, these, uh, this economy goes ebbs and flows. We experienced a lot of growth over the last 10 years. Um, even through the pandemic, we experienced a lot of growth. But now that the interest economy is slowing down, the whole point of interest rates increasing to this point is they want to stop people from spending. <laughs> you know, that's essentially it. Uh, if Canadians can just stop spending tomorrow, interest rates will start in decreasing the day after. Right. Uh, but that's not how it works. People have needs. People have wants. People have money. They want to spend it, enjoy life, live a rich, fulfilling life. Uh, and that usually involves in like, you know, spending some money. So as long as they keep in raising interest rates to the point where people don't want to buy that nice new car anymore, people don't want to buy a new home anymore to upgrade. As long as they keep stopping people from making those major purchases, inflation should obviously trickle down. 
And this is exactly the reason why you need a financial life plan, right? To guide you through all these ups and downs that will happen through life. We need a bulletproof system to make sure that you're going to be financially independent as soon as possible and, and, and do it the most tax efficiently way. So how are you going to get to your retirement? How are you going to make sure your kids are going to be able to pay for their education? Because at your income levels, they're not going to qualify for any government funding. So we have to make sure that we do have a plan to make sure that there's going to be money for their education. And most of all, how do we make sure that all of this goes to our kids eventually as tax efficiently as possible upon our debt. So if you are interested, we've put together a guide called The Most Tax Efficient Retirement Plan for Internationally Trained Physicians. You can get it at startmyrfljourney.com slash forward slash tax efficient, T-A-X E-F-F-I-C-I-E-N-T. And that's startmyrfljourney.com forward slash tax efficient. Um, so if you are interested in getting that guide, check it out. And um, and yeah, I think essentially at this point overall, uh, doing nothing is a good option. You've got to let the economy do its cycle and, and go over it. None of this is ever long term. Uh, nothing is forever. So if you are in a bit of a negative cash crunch, the best thing I can do is get your, get yourself a solid financial life plan that will make sure that, hey, if uh, you are in this position, what's the best way to get out of this position? What's the best way to bulletproof yourself from this happening in the future uh, and, and do it the most tax efficiently way possible? So with that in mind, thank you so much for listening to me today. I hope you start your rich, fulfilling life journey today.